morning. I'm supposed to do the confession prayer, confession of sins. And uh, I will read one verse from uh, 1 John chapter 1. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We all sin. Uh, Romans says, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, we live at a time right now that our nation is hurting. Uh, our homes are hurting. We all are hurting. And this is because, for one reason or another, we have set aside God as our Savior and Redeemer. Uh, there are, uh, there's a beautiful book in uh, the Bible, the Judges. The book of Judges speaks of seven cycles of sin. And every time it goes from one place to another, it goes like this. And they all did what they saw fit in their own eyes. And that's what we're doing right now. Our nation is hurting. And we are just struggling with the sin that is falling upon us. So let us take a moment, each one of us, to confess our own sins, our own transgressions. Uh, we look down at people. We, we, uh, whatever we do that is not acceptable to God, let's confess it to him. Take a moment, please. However, there is good news. As we just sang, Jesus, Messiah, he's our redeemer. The Bible speaks in, even in the Old Testament, in Chronicles, when he says, in Chronicles chapter 7, 14, if my nation humble themselves and pray, I will heal them. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. And in Romans also, you know, Romans said all have fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 8, Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are so grateful that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. He is our redeemer, he is our salvation. And if we are a new creation in, new in Christ Jesus, we can live our lives and try to live the way he wants us to. May God bless us as we thank him for Christ and what he has done for us. Amen.
Of course. It's <laughs> a good answer. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, um, we had uh, some complications. <laughs> um, Shane is not feeling uh, well uh, today. So, uh, she's not, she was going to preach today, but uh, unfortunately, uh, she's going to have to rest for a little bit. Um, it's not the COVID, so don't worry about that. She's going to be fine. <laughs> and, um, but the pastor, Pastor Jonathan, recorded a video for us uh, with the message for today. So we're going to have the video um, for us. And uh, is it ready, Carlos? There we go. Well, good morning, River of the Valley. So glad that you've come here to worship today with us. Pastor Jonathan from Seattle, the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Uh, Shana was going to be sharing the word with us today, but unfortunately she, she came down with a sore throat, couldn't be with us today. So we're going to be doing a sermon this way. And I'm going to be sharing with you from Romans 12, the first two verses. And if I was ever given the opportunity, one opportunity to, to share on, on scriptures, this would be one of the passages I would choose, my, my top three, top five uh, passages in scripture that help us understand who we are, help us understand what God has done for us and what we're called to do. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Romans 12, 1 through 2. And before we begin, would you pray with me? Father, we lift up this time around your word together, asking that you would be with us, that you would be guiding our thoughts, that through these two verses and the witness of your scriptures, that we would better understand who you are, who we are, and what you have called us to. Thank you, Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. We give thanks to God. This passage is following 11 chapters of a letter that Paul has already written to the church in Rome. So for 11 chapters, Paul has been weaving together themes that, that describe the gospel. Paul had not been yet to visit the brothers and sisters in the church in Rome, and so this long letter, the longest of all his letters, is an introduction. Also, this letter is an exhortation. It is a calling to faith and practice. It, it, it is important to understand those first 11 chapters, but I'll boil them down to this. Everybody Every single person is in need of Jesus. <laughs> Everybody needs to be saved. That's Paul's point for the first 11 chapters. He says no matter who you are, if you have been in the Jewish faith, if you had been in some other religious 
um, uh, tradition, Paul is saying no matter who you are, Jesus came for everyone because we have all, in his own words, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And he says the wages of that sin, the wages, the ways that we have not followed what God wants, meant death. We needed rescuing from ourselves, rescuing from the wrong that we see in the world around us. We needed rescuing as a people. And, and Jesus comes, and he is that rescuer. He is that savior. For 11 chapters now, Paul has, has shown us the gospel, the, the magnificence that God sent his one and only son, that God came and took human form among us in Jesus, and that now through faith, by faith and through faith, we now can, can lay hold of that promise of life, now abundant and forevermore. Eleven chapters. I encourage you later, go ahead and read them all. Fill them. And then we come to chapter 12. And what's the first word we see in chapter 12? Therefore. That's why you need the 11 first chapters in your head, because Paul now makes that connection. Therefore, since we have been given this rescuer, this savior, since we've been given life, therefore, Paul says, for those of us who, who have put our faith in Christ as our Lord and Savior, the therefore now leads us into what, what Paul will describe as how we use our lives now. For those of us who have not yet put our faith in Christ as Lord and Savior, this therefore, uh, you can see it as a, uh, a description or a taste of what life should look like, of how we've been originally designed to live. Therefore, because this gift of Christ, because this gift of our lives, again, Paul says, I urge you, I exhort you, I'm calling you, my brothers and sisters, he says. I urge you, brothers and sisters. He talks about us being a living sacrifice. Offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Our lives now have a certain pattern to them. And Paul's interest is in what pattern are we going to, what, what are we going to base that pattern on? He wants us to understand that we have, we have the ability to decide how we're going to use our life. But too often, what we do is we, we simply go with the flow. We simply follow the pattern of around us. And he uses the word uh, of this world, or another way to just say it is of this age. He begins by saying, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this age or of this world. Because he's trying to see that we, we are a living sacrifice. We can be a living sacrifice in choosing how we're going to set our lives up. Are we going to conform to the patterns of this world, to, the, to, to what's important for this age? Or are we going to transform? 
the word transform has, has in the Greek the word sink in it, like sinking up, sinking up to a pattern. And the idea is that you would, you would choose. Are you sinking up your life to the patterns that we know in this world, or are we sinking up our life to the patterns of our original design, to the patterns of Christ, to the patterns of God's glory, to the patterns of, of, of a heavenly life? of a godly life, a life that you could describe as sacrificial. One of the important parts of being in river of the valley is, is that we live by the idea we must live his love. We did an entire series on this, live his love. And living his love means finding in Jesus, in his life as recorded in the scriptures, a model a prototype. We see in Scripture how Jesus did not conform to the patterns of this world. We see in the Scriptures how Jesus offered himself as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. And that would be his spiritual act of worship, or the word there could, could also, instead of spiritual, it can simply mean the true act of worship what God desires type of worship. For those of us who have called ourselves Christians, we come to a worship service. That's what we're doing here. We're in a worship service. Often we think of worship as music, maybe prayers, maybe being together, and that those are all aspects of what we call corporate worship, or worship when the church comes together. But what does Paul say? What is our true act of worship? understanding ourselves as a living sacrifice. When we come together and are worshiping, there should be, Paul would say, an element in which we feel like we are we're, we're living sacrificially. We are a living sacrifice. And when we leave here and, and we go out into the world and, and go to work and are at home with our family or with our friends, again, using our lives in a way that, that loves others to the point that it's even and at times sacrificial for us, Paul is saying that is when we are truly worshiping the Lord. He says it's about our minds and how we are setting ourselves up. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, but sync yourself up with And how do we do this? By the renewing of our minds. Paul says, by the renewing of our minds. By the, our minds being again new. Or returning again. Returning to that way in which we were designed originally. The good that is within us. As we seek to follow the model of Christ. As the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us this ability to have a renewed perception, a renewed process of living. Our, not, our minds need to be renewed, reformatted, renovated is another way to translate that word, by the renovation of your minds. Because, again, we are creatures of habit. We, we have been 
taught how to how to live in this world by, by the patterns that exist in this age. And perhaps you can see generationally how some patterns are unique. As, as we moved now into the 21st century, a lot of our age is being defined by this technological revolution. I was in a, I'm leading a spiritual formation group for pastors that, for people who want to become pastors in our denomination. And one of the things that we've been talking about is, is technology. And as they are thinking about and praying about becoming pastors, we've been talking about how technology can run our lives. We even came to the point of saying we need to put limits on the amount of time they're spending in front of screens. Because that's, a, for instance, a pattern of this age in which instead of interacting um, regularly with other people in person, it's so much easier for us to open up a screen and to, to, to scroll ourselves throughout the entire day. Thinking about how we look on our posts, how we look, uh, if we can get the most likes or, or, or uh, most comments. And this pattern needs to be questioned. The way that we're living our lives needs to be renovated. We need to look at it as if you were buying a new home and you walk in and you start to see things for the first time. Oh, I would like to change that. I'd like to remodel the kitchen. I'll put a new floor in. As we right now are living 2021 and, and whatever stage of life that, that each of you are in, it's, it's time, Paul says, to renovate our lives, to take a deep look. What are we doing that is simply based on the pattern of this age or a pattern of this world? And how could we renovate so that all oh, the patterns, so that living in sync with Christ would be no more noticeable for us and then for other people that are around us? What needs to be renovated in your life and in how you are living? Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by renovating, then, Paul says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Test and approve what God's will is. There's actually only one word in the Greek for the what's translated test and approve. They have test and approve in the English because the word means both. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you find a new word? Well, you make one up. Well, another way to do it would, would be to translate it, um, then you'll be able to test out. That's how I might translate it. Then you'll be able to test out what God's will is. Not in the sense that you're testing it out to, to put it down, but you're testing it out to see the good of it, to see how it works. Like test out a new car. then you can see what's, what's the potential. Then you can see uh, how I respond to it. Then you can see with that renovated mind that which you are supposed to be sinking up to. Paul describes this will of God as three things. 
It's good, pleasing, and perfect. It's good, pleasing, perfect. <laughs> I believe that is what each of us are looking for in our lives. To be able, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of a season of life, at the end of life, to be able to say, I have lived my life in a way that was, to me, good, pleasing, and even this word perfect. The word perfect there in the Greek, it, 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 it's more like complete, uh, meeting its end goal. Perfect in the sense of whatever the purpose was, it was met. So feeling, feeling fulfilled, completely fulfilled. Renovating our minds to sync up, being, being intentional about, about looking at our lives and how we are living so that we can, we can make sure we're syncing up with the pattern of Christ, a, a living sacrificially to love others. Paul's saying when we do that, the end result for us at the end of the day will be looking back and feeling like it was a life that was good. It was living that was pleasing. It was, it was using ourselves in such a way that was fulfilling. Is there anything more that we're asking for out, out of ourselves and the people around us? I encourage every one of us today, take some time and, and journal, take some time in prayer. Consider what in our lives is we simply do because it's the pattern of this world. And I'll give you a hint, most of what we do is simply a, a reflection of what this world is shining at us. It takes an intentional spirit, a renovation of mind, to look at how we start our day to how we end our day and decide to do something different. Sometimes changing just to change doesn't have a lot of purpose to it. But when it comes to how Paul sees human nature, we, we are so twisted up in this world. Paul, I believe, would encourage you, change just to change this week. Change your rhythms in some way this week because Paul would say they are all tainted in some small way with the patterns of this world. It could all just be a little more in sync with Christ. Renovate, Paul says. No one of us, there is not one who has a perfect home that represents their life. Each one of us, Paul would say, has a chance and has reason to renovate, to sync up with the patterns of Christ. That also means to Paul that each one of us could have a life right now that is more in, more in, in concert with, more in sync with the goodwill of God which he describes as, yes, good, pleasing, and fulfilling, and perfect. Each one of us could, could enter into that reality this week, to have that taste in our, in our life this week.
for, for this world, a life of sacrificial living seems like it's the, the polar opposite of good, pleasing, and fulfilling. Does that make sense? For, for this world, for me to decide in my day-to-day to, instead of thinking of myself, figure out a way to be sacrificial or, or just enter into any, any next moment of my life intentionally, being ready to be sacrificial, being ready to be interrupted, to serve and love another person. For this world, for, for the pattern of this age, that would seem to be something that would not feel good or pleasing or perfect. The patterns of this world say that in order to, 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 to live, you need to just do you, not worry about other people, not worry about other people, and rather be concentrating on yourself. Fix yourself. Concentrate on yourself. If we narrow ourselves down into such a life lived by the patterns of this age, Paul says, and Luther has the analogy here too, it's like we take the reins of that horse and we go off the cliff every single time. We don't know what's good for us. We don't know what's going to please us. We don't know what we'll fulfill, but God does. Jesus came into, into our lives in order to show us what would be that fulfillment, that, 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 that pleasure, that, that goodness. Because left to ourselves, we wreck it. We need, this is faith. We need to trust what Paul is saying. We need to trust what, what Christ came to teach us. That even if we don't see it yet, a life that's renovated, ready to be a living sacrifice, is what will be good, fulfilling, and pleasing. We have to grab hold of that by faith. It's a room that you have to walk into by faith and say, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord, I will be a living sacrifice. Instead of what I might think would be good for me or fulfilling for me or pleasing, instead of that, I'm going to step into this next moment of my life understanding I'm a living sacrifice. I'm going to put down anything I'm holding that would take me away from being a living sacrifice. And I think we all at some level understand what this would mean for us. It's letting go. It's saying yes. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of the gospel, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. For this is your spiritual, this is your true act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, to the patterns of this age, but be transformed, but sync up. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, but sync up with the renewing, with the renovating of your mind. Then you'll be able to test 
you'll be able to approve, you'll be able to, to test out what God's will is. It's good. It's pleasing. His perfect, his fulfilling will. Lord God, our, our ask today is that you, your spirit, would be would be with us, empowering us, encouraging us, and inspiring us by your words today. Lord, help us to seek out the ways in which we are still conforming to patterns in this world and how you're calling us to courageously be transformed, to courageously sync up with your pattern, with, with your model, with being living sacrifices. Lord, we do want to, to have lives that feel good and, and pleasing, perfect and fulfilling. Thank you for that promise that we can enter that even now. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give us what we need now in this day and in the, in the days to come to offer ourselves to you and to what you are doing in us and through us. I thank you for our church, for the witness that we can be together as a living sacrifice, for the witness that we can be together of a people, of a community that are syncing up to, to your pattern, even in spite of the world. Lord, you are good. You're pleasing. You're perfect. And I thank you. I thank you for, for this promise and gift that we can enter into that with you. Thank you for that invitation. Thank you for your gospel. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Amen. May you have a blessed rest of your time together now worshiping. And may each of you be filled with the, with the peace and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, good... That was good, wasn't it? Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. What, uh, see what you can do with technology. I don't know if you're watching me, but we are so grateful for that. I am uh, supposed to pray for the offering, but uh, with this kind of a sermon, I have to add a little bit to it. Uh, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly or to the fullest. That sermon is what Jonathan is talking about. Christ came so that he can teach us how to live life and to really trust him. And Jonathan concentrated on our uh, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. And so when we offer some of the things that God had bestowed upon us to the church, we are offering something from ourselves. We are really trusting him in everything and in every aspect of our lives and as a couple of weeks ago we had a sermon about where do we store our treasure I hope that we store our treasure in the word of Christ that advances it and also advances our life because the more we trust him the better we live our life let me pray father I thank you for the promises of a beautiful life perfect life good life, and I ask that you would be with us as we trust you in our finances, in our giving, 
And those that are giving, that we honor them by using that giving, that those offerings to advance the kingdom in this place as well as in the world. Because we have a mission. We have been commissioned to tell the good news to everybody. And our offering help us continue to spread the word. But in all that, we trust you in everything. And in Christ's name, I ask that you will honor that. <laughs>